0: And welcome back to the Lancaster School District Podcast, School Buzz. I'm your host, Rebecca Cooksey, and it's been a long, long time since I've done a bo- podcast, so we're hoping to not be too rusty on this. Um, today, my guest is Sarah Rust, and she's a uh, school counselor. What school do you work at, Sarah?
1: I am currently at Westwind Computer Science Magnet School.
0: Oh, one of my favorite schools. All right. And we shut down schools on March 13th uh, for Los Angeles County. Antelope Valley schools have been doing distance learning since then. It's been a long uh, several months and we're not able to open up until the LA, LA Public Health Department allows us to open up. So we still may have a few more months of this or even longer. Many parents are trying to help their children online and some are facing some challenges. Our Lancaster School District counselors are here to help and have many parents support classes offered this year. So Sarah, tell me a little bit about yourself and how you came to our school district.
1: Sure. Um. So my name's Sarah. I am. This is my sixth year with the district, and I worked my first three years at Eldorado Elementary School. Um, I started the program there. I was the first counselor there, and then when our district opened up uh, counseling positions at all of the schools, I was brought over to West Wind to start the program there and kind of build it from the ground up. Um, and before that, I was at the Heart District in the San Fe Valley.
0: And one thing, I I have worked in education for 32 years. And when I was a school teacher, we never, ever had a counselor, ever. I mean, to have counselors on campus is just, it's like a miracle, I think. Because working in California school districts, we just have never had money for counselors before. And to have counselors to really help focus on mental health and social-emotional learning for children, I think it's just such a benefit for kids. It was something we've never... For so many years, we didn't concentrate on, and with consequences, because to not can concentrate on those kind of things, we miss a whole part of the child. So I think it's wonderful that we've, we put money into that, and we're really concentrating on helping kids. Um, so tell me a little bit about the parent workshop trainings that are offered this year, and how it was developed.
1: Sure. Uh, so every year, uh, each counselor holds at least one parent training at their own school site on the topic of their choice. Um, And usually, obviously, it would be held on site, but that's not going to happen this year. Um, So the counselors decided to, uh, because we were all going to do it virtually, we decided to open it up to parents and caregivers across the district, since the information that's covered and the topics covered isn't site-specific, and it's relevant to anyone with school-age children. So... Uh, There's a variety of topics um, from how to motivate your student to uh, anxiety and coping uh, to uh, the middle schools do have like a transition to high school or we have a transition from uh, elementary school to middle school. So we have a schedule um, that's been developed for the whole year and those are all on our website so you can check out the schedule there.
0: And where would you find the website?
1: So if you go to LANCSD.org, our Lancaster School District website, if you click on the counseling tab, it'll take you to our, our counseling district website, and there's a little caregiver workshop button that you click on, and it'll give you uh, more details and information and the links for the times when the, the trainings are going to be happening and, and recorded versions of previous trainings in case a parent missed it and they wanted to go back and watch it.
0: Great, do parents have to register for those classes or can they just join when they're available? They can just join um, at the time
1: that the the meeting is taking place. So you just click on the link um,
0: and it should take you right to the room. So what are some important steps parents should take to motivate children during distance learning? (laughs) (laughs) Um, what can we not do? Um, So
1: caregivers need to determine Uh, what types of activities work best for their child. Uh, There may be certain types of distance learning activities that their child prefers, um, as well as different learning platforms that seem to engage their child more than others. Um, Encouraging movement is also important, Um, so allowing time for exercise before your child is expected to focus on a distance learning task. It's important to Have a designated workspace that is free of distractions, including noise, TV, clutter. Uh, Caregivers should also consider adjusting the student's schedule as needed and work on more difficult assignments during times of day when their child is more alert and engaged. They don't get frustrated and then disengage and don't want to do further assignments. Using a checklist can also help children focus and stay motivated, especially those with attention issues. Uh, and most importantly, providing immediate positive feedback. So each time your child completes a distance learning task, provide immediate and positive feedback. Positive feedback can come in a variety of forms, and just a little bit can go a really long way in motivating your child.
0: Uh, my daughter is working with a kindergartner, and she's found that you know she'll just write down anything, thinking that if she just does something, she'll then be able to go out and play. And She's been working with her to like, no, it's got to be right. Um, so not just writing down anything, but just really concentrating on making sure she's watching the teacher and doing what the teacher asked her to do. Are you finding that there are a lot of kids that are just kind of like, eh, I'm, I'm just going to turn in something and it's not the quality work that teachers want? I've
1: heard some teachers uh, having that uh, problem
0: um, because I'm not in the classroom. I
1: don't really get to see all of that. But I do hear that teachers, um, and what's great is, you know, teachers can reset um, assignments or uh, reset, you know, iReady assessments so that they can have that conversation because we know that our kids, just like they would do it in school, they would rush through it and we'd do the same thing. We'd reset it for them or ask them to redo it. So it's it's not anything different, I think,
0: than what we'd see if we were on campus. I know that this is the time that we're really depending on our parents to support kids at home which is for some of them a brand new thing you know they they weren't trained as teachers there have you found a lot of frustration on the side of uh, parents
1: yeah it's you know they're they're a teacher they're a parent they're a full-time employee so trying to find the time to really be there and support you know their child and a lot of you know caregivers are taking care of more than one child more than one of their own children or they're taking in their uh, you know family members or friends children and they're trying to you know be there for them throughout the day so it's tricky uh, a lot of the counselors and I know the staff like the teachers and stuff are reaching out and trying to do the best they can to accommodate parents and their schedules and uh, the way that we have it set up where you know things happen right and you know a kid might not be able to log in but that doesn't mean that they're not doing their work and they're not sitting there learning um, so it's it's been great with teachers and staff being able to really accommodate and work with parents to make sure that the
0: students get the support that they need. Yeah, I think our teachers have done a wonderful job of just really juggling all this and learning all the platforms, learning how to teach online, which is completely different than teaching in face-to-face, and then giving grace to children. Okay, you didn't get this or you didn't weren't able to log in because sometimes our Internet is up and down it's just you know we there are things that we can't control wildfires and all kinds of crazy things yeah. um it just it's it's tough and they can't always get online to see the the live instruction but if, as long as they're working and learning um that's the important thing so one of the strategies that we use in school is called pbis which is positive behavior intervention support um could you tell us a little bit about how we use that and um how these stat- strategies are successful with students.
1: Sure, so that's back to that, that positive immediate feedback that I was speaking about earlier. Um, so PBIS, uh, it's, a, it's a proactive appro- approach that schools use to improve climate and promote positive school-wide behavior. Uh, so schools that use PBIS are working to build an environment in which positive behavior will always be more effective for students than problem behavior. Uh, so at the base level of PBIS, uh, schools create a set of school-wide expectations for their students, such as be safe, be responsible, be respectful. And then they recognize or reward those students who demonstrate that expected behavior. And that's throughout the entire campus. So the the the, the, the language is universal. So in the classroom, in the cafeteria, in the hallways, kids know what is expected of them. Um, they know what it's like to be respectful in the cafeteria to be respectful in the classroom to be responsible walking through the hallways or on the playground they're recognized for demonstrating those behaviors and the rewards usually come as tickets or points a digital point um, at the the middle school level that students can use to purchase things from we have a student store we have raffles where they can win things with you know like lunch with the principal and the schools use these rewards to extrinsically motivate students and shape behavior. So eventually that extrinsic extrinsic motivation morphs into intrinsic motivation um, when students engage in appropriate and expected behavior, not to get a tangible, tangible reward, but because um, doing the right thing makes them feel good inside. Um, So, using PBIS at home can also help parents and caregivers create and maintain a safe and structured and consistent home environment um, where the adult to child relationships are strengthened.
0: Okay. So, you used some big words there. Intrinsic and extrinsic. What what does that mean?
1: So, extrinsic means um, the kid is going to do something because they get a reward. So, they know that if they turn in their assignment, they get a reward. Um, So, that's the extrinsic. The intrinsic is, um, it's no longer, I'm no longer doing the assignment because I get the reward. I'm, I'm doing the assignment because when I turn it in and I get positive feedback from my teacher, it makes me feel good. Or I now have this sense of responsibility and that makes me feel good inside. So the intrinsic is I do it because it makes me feel good inside. And I do it because it's the
0: right thing, not because I'm getting rewarded for it. So as children develop, is it more common that, that younger kids have to have that extrinsic um, reward system first, and then they develop the intrinsic? Or how does that work with child development? It's a little
1: bit of both. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, when, when we
1: teach behavior, you have to teach it just like math or English or reading. So um, you, you don't punish a kid because they don't know 2 plus 2. You teach them and you reteach them and you model it, um, and just like on, uh, you know, two plus two equals four, and you get a a star, like, great job, you did it, that encourages them to keep learning, so it's a little bit, a little bit of both, um, a lot of the, the rewarding, too, uh, helps just, it could help all ages, (laughs) so even adults use PBIS to, you know, get stuff done, um, and you know, set goals and rewards for themselves. And with the younger students having that positive immediate feedback, um, like you do something, you get this. That's, that's more important where the older kids can wait a little bit of time. So they can wait a week before they get a reward. They don't need it right away because they do have that sense of, um, you know, I know that it's coming. If I do it, I know that I'm gonna get it. And they can they have that patience so that 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 maturity that level has changed at the older uh, level, um, but it it works for
0: for all ages. <laughs> I was just thinking about because I've I've set some goals for myself for uh, weight loss, and I have said okay, if you get to here, then you can have this, and like I'm I'm holding to it because I'm not very good at weight loss, so um, I guess and, I'm I've done the same thing for myself.
1: <laughs> and that's funny because I. I've, you know, obviously a lot of people have done similar things, but we talk about having, um, you know, sticker charts or marble jars for classroom parties and this and that. And I've seen adults who have marble jars for themselves. And especially with weight loss, they have two jars. One, one is, uh, pounds to lose and pounds lost. So every time they lose a pound, they take this jar and they put it into that jar Um, And it's that visual representation, and it keeps you motivated. So it's
0: not just for children. (laughs) It works for all ages. I I might try that marble jar at home. It might be a little bit better. Like, okay, you have to keep moving the marbles back and forth. You're you're not doing a good job. Uh, So what are some of the struggles that children are dealing with, and how can parents support them?
1: Oh, gosh. So (laughs) things are tough right now. Um, And right now, students are struggling with a range of issues from lack of structure or routine, to missing their friends, anxiety over just the world, things happening in the world right now, um, frustration felt from internet or technology issues, um, as well as just having to virtually learn in general. Um, And parents and caregivers can provide support in a ton of ways. Uh, Easiest one is creating a schedule at home that incorporates online learning time. And it's great for us. School district, we have a set. You know, your kid comes on at this time and they use classes. Um, so that helps. But parents also need a great uh, morning and bedtime routines, making sure your kids are getting up on time, making sure they're going to bed on time, um, chores, you know, et cetera. And this can definitely help students stay on track and moving in the right direction. And implementing PBS at home is a great way to help support students Rewarding students for effort and appropriate behavior as well as for meeting home expectations. So
0: PBIS,
1: you can set, you know, your own expectations at home. Be responsible, respectful, be safe. Those can all be done at home and you can create uh you know your little chart of what be respectful looks like for time, what be respectful looks like um when during uh school schoolwork. Allowing uh, things like letting your child to do their math outside uh, with chalk. If regular math is too boring to do while sitting in the house, just a change of scenery uh, can do wonders for a child's motivation. And also sharing age-appropriate information with your child and limiting media news coverage um, can help quell your child's anxiety. Uh, So that's not running constantly in the background and a a fear that's constantly, you know, going through their head. And there's a ton of resources on our district counseling website, like I mentioned, um, as well as each counselor's individual website. So counselors have their own websites for their school um, with a ton of resources that are more site-specific, but in general, helpful for everyone. And like I said, attending the virtual workshops or watching the recorded versions uh, can also be helpful to caregivers who are looking for more ways to support their children.
0: And I think as we talk about mental health more and how important it is, uh, you know, if you had said years ago, "Oh, you should try some deep breathing exercises," people are like, "Eh, you know, that's 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 a bunch of hooey." And I have found that, you know, during this time, I I'm very stressed because I'm in charge of the technology, and when it doesn't work, it's very stressful. Um, Absolutely. That I have I've tried some like deep breathing exercises just to kind of calm myself down because the the other side of it is the I eat too much or I am totally stressed out and I want to sleep all the time. Mm-hmm. Do you have things like that for kids? Have you found that that's successful, like deep breathing or, I don't know, yoga?
1: Absolutely. Uh, a lot of uh, our websites right now, because we can't obviously view the kids virtually, um, a lot of our websites do have uh, those mindfulness activities for children. And even if you just, you know, Google on YouTube, you know, mindfulness for kindergartners, you'll have, you'll find an age appropriate video that talks about belly breathing. um, And it's, you know, a couple minutes long. Uh, I know one of our counselors uh, had a, forget what it's called, forget what it's called, but it's, it was something like calm recess or something like that. And she opened her doors during recess and the kids could come in and just, there was a, like a meditation CD, like a. I forget what it's called. I'm so uh, bad with names, but uh, it was great. The kids came in and they just had that quiet time and it helped them one, stay out of trouble if they're getting into trouble on the playground, just, and it helps them focus and really kind of get in touch with themselves. Like I said, there's a ton of um, information on Google, if you just Google or YouTube, but the second step, the SEL curriculum that we use too, also teaches these coping strategies. So the belly breathing. So take a deep breath, like take a moment, count to 10. And those are all things that can help us calm down and just kind of refocus and be in the moment so that we can make a good decision or we can, you know, have our worry and then move on and get on with the rest of our day.
0: And I think, I think it's great that we're actually teaching these kids, these coping strategies, because sometimes you just stumble on them or you have parents that maybe teach you, but if you you don't have those resources, you can start making some bad life choices because you're you're stressed out and you're not making um you're not taking the time to think about what you're doing. Absolutely. All right, so thank you so much for coming on. Is there anything else you wanted to add? You were talking about um like lunch time that you like have a fun lunch time with kids sometimes.
1: Yeah. So all of the counselors now that we're virtually learning can um, log in. We have a lunch bunch. Um, so at the middle schools, it looks a little bit differently. Some of the, the lunch bunches are geared to specific uh, subjects or kind of lessons. But at the middle or at the elementary school level, uh, we have day for every grade level, and the kids can log in um, for that between that the two learning blocks, the A block and the B block. And so the kids can log in um, on their lunchtime between like eleven and twelve, and it's basically just a virtual recess because the kids are missing their friends, and when they're online in their class it's, you know, math, English, it's, it's a lot of learning and not a lot of playing and not a lot of getting to know their classmates and stuff. And so, or, you know, they miss their classmates from their the years past. So from fourth grade, but now they're in fifth grade, they don't have to see their friends. And so it's basically like a virtual recess that's facilitated by the counselor. It's not a counseling session. It's not anything like that. It's Mad Libs, it's escape rooms, it's dictionary online it's hangman it's just allowing the kids a chance to just be together and it's a great way to check in with kids and just make sure you know that things
0: things are going well now do you do that by grade level or do you have the whole school come to lunch bunch it's by
1: grade level okay (laughs) Uh,
0: so yeah so like on mondays
1: it's for tk and kindergarten and the activities in that lunch bunch are going to look very different than, you know, the fifth grade lunch bunch, which is on Fridays, which is, you know, an escape room. So they're trying to solve puzzles and uh, stuff like that. So yeah, it looks a little bit different for each grade level. It's it's open to all of them.
0: Sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for supporting our kids during this time and helping our parents learn some new skills to help kids at home. Much appreciated. Thank you, Sarah, so much for uh, coming on. I appreciate it a a lot. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye.